It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Wizards podcast. It's your host, the real Ed Oliver. I just want to thank you guys for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. So today we have special guest Mavs Draft on on Twitter at Mavs Draft. We kind of have a small rivalry here ever since the trade with Porzingis and Bertans and Dinwiddie. But how you feeling today, man? Hey, you know, it's uh, it's weird. I first went on to, like, Rockets shows last year. Like, I'm going on to Heat shows. Now I'm on Wizards. I'm just crossing all the enemy territories here. <laughs> right, yeah. It's crazy because we go on Twitter and everybody wants to everybody wants to win the trade. And that's the whole thing. So, like, every time Dinwiddie has a bad game, Wizards fans are, you know, going crazy. Or Porzingis doesn't play well. I've seen Mavs fans say, oh, here we go again. And their face like that. I haven't seen you, you do it, but. Yeah. Hey, I appreciate it. I actually think it was a win-win. Uh, I think yeah. when Beal comes back, Porzingis and him are going to be pretty lethal. So I think both teams got a got a pretty good deal out of it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's it, it's so weird how you know Dinwiddie and you know started to play a lot better. But I, I won't go down that whole path. But you know, <laughs> I'm I'm happy with what we got. I think you guys are happy with what you guys got. We'll see what happens tonight um, against the Jazz. But um, you know, of course, we brought. Mavs draft on to talk about the prospects. The Wizards do have the 10th best lottery odds in the draft. So most likely we've gotten the ninth pick. Denny was the ninth pick. Rue was the ninth pick. Corey Kisper was the 15th pick. So we don't really get lottery luck. So I'm already thinking about guys that will be there at pick 10. Um, but we're going to start off with the SEC. The Wizards are really looking at that point guard spot. Um, very, very heavy. Tommy Shepard's talked about it. Wes Unsold Jr.'s talked about it. So the first guy, I, I did want to get one question. Where do you think Corey Kispert would fall in this draft? He definitely would have gone lottery. Uh, you look at, like, best shooter in the draft this year is Oche Agbaji. And I'm not sure that Oche is a better prospect right now than Corey Kispert was coming out of Gonzaga. It's a, it's a weaker class, so therefore he would be bumped up for me. Right. Yeah, I think that's pretty fair. Yeah, Corey, Corey shot pretty well this year. He started off really slow, and he got better. He broke the Wizards' rookie three-pointer record. Uh, had a couple of consecutive games with hitting threes as well. So, and coming out of Gonzaga, you know, he was you know shooting lights out, forty percent from a three. So, I, 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 I think you're about right around around that fifteen, ten to fifteen range. I think he would fall in there. But um, I just want to start. We're going to start off with the SEC. So, Ty Ty Washington from Kentucky. It's been a name that's been floated around that the Wizards um, could definitely look at at that point guard position. Um, what were your thoughts on his, on his game this year? He had a couple up and down games as they did get upset in the first round where he didn't show too well. But what were your thoughts on on Ty Washington? Yeah, I think he's 
got a really strong argument for best uh, pick and roll passer and playmaker out in the entire draft, which if you look at what you want in a point guard, that's what you want. You want someone who can run a pick and roll very cleanly right away. And I think Ty Ty's stock fell a lot because, you know, in January he sprained his ankle against Auburn, played nine minutes that game. And you look at the numbers before that, that game, it was 18 games prior. He had averaged 14 points a game, four and a half assists, just 1.8 turnover on over 50% shooting, 40% from three. And then you go after that Auburn game and it really goes down the hill. All the numbers, he never was really healthy. He went down to 11 points per game in 10 games, uh, 36% shooting. The assists went down to three. The turnover stayed the same. So that assist to turnover ratio plummeted. And I really think he just never was healthy. So his stock has absolutely fallen from it. And he kind of got punished for trying to be tough and play through injuries. Whereas a lot of top prospects, they would have just given up on the season and say, hey, I'm going to train for the NBA draft. That's not him. Uh, he lost a little bit of his quick, quick first step as he was trying to play through it. And I think that really hurt his stock. Yeah, I, I think so as well. Um, he started off, you know, I thought he outplayed Kennedy Chandler in the first matchup against Tennessee. And then the second game, ten, uh, Kennedy Chandler really outplayed him. Um, and then he had to share, you know, ball handling du- duties with the other point guard. Um, what was it? I keep forgetting his name. The other point guard who was. Dear Wheeler. Yeah, Wheeler, who was really yeah. stocky. So they had to share point guard responsibilities. So I just want to think, how would the Wizards, they struggle with a guy. Is Do you see Ty Ty as a combo guard? And who do you see as a fair comparison to him? Because I think the easy comparison is like a Tyrese Maxey. Yeah, he, he's pretty similar to Maxey. Uh, I think he has a little bit less burst, but a lot of the other similarities. I think he can hold his own on defense. Um, for me, you know, I, I think he fits well as a combo guard. He can play both spots. So, like, technically he is a combo guard because he can spot up very well. But he can also just be that primary point guard. And obviously we saw that work in the in mid-2010s with John Wall and, and Bradley Beal. So I'm not going to compare Ty Ty to John Wall. But, uh, you know, I, I think we have seen that that combination of play style can work very well. Yeah, and the whole Kentucky pedigree, I mean, all the Kentucky guards have come out and, and hit pretty well so it's kind of like if you draft a Kentucky guy they should be fine um but you don't want to just base it on the jersey um but yeah let's let's transition to Kennedy Chandler because you know that's another guard that could go in between possibly pick 10 or pick 20 where do you see Kennedy Chandler um projected to be and then what's the big difference between Ty is there any huge differences between Ty Ty and Kennedy Chandler because when I watched them play I didn't really see you know, Ty Ty being so much better than Kennedy, where I just see during the pre-draft or before the season started, I know Ty Ty was ranked higher. Uh, what, what was your takes on uh, Kennedy Chandler this year? Yeah, so I think you you are right. The, the preseason hype definitely had some weight, I would say. I think the differences are really the defensive upside uh, probably favors Ty Ty, even though Kennedy Chandler is probably smarter. Defender just being six foot really limits you on defense, so – I think that's a that's an issue. But for me, the big differentiator is, uh, you know, I talked about Ty Ty's ability to shoot. I'm not confident in Kennedy Chandler's shot going up against NBA caliber defenders. I mean, every point guard in the NBA feels like has like a six, five plus wingspan. And that wasn't the case in college. He couldn't shoot over a lot of guys in college. So I worry about how he exploits mismatches. That's my main concern with him is and if you're a point guard, you have to be able to do that in today's NBA. Right. And um, what was some strengths for Kennedy Chandler? What were some some spots where you want to see him work on? 
Yeah, his quickness is is crazy good. His ability to drive and kick at such a young age is really strong. Like you can see his feel for the game in basketball IQ are on, on display very easily when the ball is in his hands. Um, he's quick getting his shot up at the rim, which does help him beat bigger guys at the rim, rim beats rim protectors. And he's also good with both hands. Um, I think really you're looking at a guy who has quick handles and can kind of just, he knows how to use his size to his advantage really well. Uh, again, just like the limiting shooting ability kind of hurts him. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Can you start? He, I thought he had a better second half of the year. He had some pretty big games. Um, they didn't go too far in the tournament, but I thought, thought he played really, really well and, and showed up. And I, I could definitely see him going as high as probably 12. And if the Wizards do really fall in love with him, I could definitely see them getting him a pick 10. But I do I did want to move on to some other SEC guys that the Wizards could be interested in. Before we do get into that, this episode is brought to you by Price Picks. All right, NBA fans, are you looking for a daily fantasy option for the NBA? Then you need to try the award-winning app Price Picks. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love this, and we know you will, too. This is how you do it. You pick two to five players in an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Price Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Price Picks offers any prop you can think of from points scored to rebounds or even steals. For example, you can put the over on Donovan Mitchell's points or the under on Berton's threes made for tonight. And Prize Picks doesn't just offer NBA. They have options on the college, on college basketball, college football, MLB, soccer, and more. For a limited time, Prize Picks has an exclusive no-brainer of an offer for all of our users. Users get $50 for free if a player in your first Prize Picks entry scores a single point. But you must use code NBA. That's right. is an exclusive offer available to Locked On fans. Sign up today and use code NBA fifty dollars for free if a player in your first prize pick entry scores a single point. Thank you guys for making Locked On Wizards your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. Nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available on all podcasts. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so from the SEC, there's one more point guard that stood out to me. I don't think he's going to be in the first round here. He might be late, late, a late first rounder. Um, it's, it's J.D. Davidson from Alabama. How did you feel about his game this year? I love his athleticism. Uh, he did leave some areas to be desired, but uh, if you're looking for that explosive point guard who just gets to the rim and can dunk, puts these highlight plays out and as a finisher, J.D. Davison's your guy. He's also another guy that he's really good at driving and kicking, passing out of drives, knows how to manipulate defenses with his eyes and just his quickness, which is really helpful. Uh, and I think he's a good spot-up shooter. The, the problem for me, though, is uh, the jump shooting – especially off the dribble is really concerning and he has really short arms and he has a big turnover issue. So I worry about how his game scales up to the NBA. 
Right, yeah. I watched him play as well. I thought he was very raw, but he's super talented. Like, he has like, kind of like how Sharif Cooper was last year with a lot of highlight behind-the-back passes and getting to the rim and super athletic. I do feel like how Trey Mann from Florida had a big year this year with the Thunder. I feel like J.D. Davidson could certainly come in and do that. Um, so I, I do see – he would, would it be fair to say that he's more of a boom or bust player, or do you see a high floor with him and – yeah, <laughs> he's definitely textbook boomer bust in this draft. Yeah, yeah, I, I could clearly see that now. Um, those are the point guards in the SEC that I thought stood out to me. Um, what were your thoughts on Tari Eason? He is a three or four. He could play five as well. I saw him play five as well at LSU. Uh, where do you think he would fit on the Washington Wizards since they already have Rui and Kuz and Denny and they just have so many guys at that spot? Yeah, I, in theory, it's a, it's a bad fit, I guess, because of the current talent they have. But Tari Eason's special. Like, I, I'm all in on him. What he did in his limited minutes being an All-American candidate in 24 minutes a game or something like that, it's just absurd. His production is through the roof, and it scales up, too. Like, he he's separates off drives with his strength, and he has really good, long, quick strides. I think the shooting will translate, even though he has a little bit of a hitch. There's no indication, really, in terms of production that – it wouldn't. He has a really good follow through, everything like that. It all adds up. And then on defense, I mean, he can lock anybody up. I, I really think one through five he can guard. So someone like that, I mean, obviously, yeah, you have Denny who obviously pre-draft, we did say the same thing. But I think Tari's ability to score and just mentality is a lot tougher. And I think something like that, you know, you take best player available at some point, And even if the fit is kind of weird. I say this as a Magic fan who – the Magic have like seven guards on their roster, so easy for me to say, I guess. Right. Uh, what were some things you want to see him work on? I saw that he got in foul trouble a lot, and you know he can be a little overly aggressive. Yeah, he he definitely needs to be the over aggressive, especially with his strong body, is an issue. Uh, he loves bullying guys and bulldozing through guys, but that's going to be offensive fouls a lot in the NBA. Um, if he tightens his handle, it'll help him. That'll help him reduce turnovers. And then really just smoothing out the jump shot. Um, I think he, you know, like I said, it's a little bit of a hitch. If he can fix that, he's going to be a lights-out shooter. Right. Um, so the handles are fine. Um, I could kind of see him jumping up and having like a Herb Jones type of impact, just kind of like a jack of all trade guy. You know, can handle a ball, can defend kind of the better, the best, not the best player on the other team, but just one of the better scorers on the other team. Um, so I, I think he, I think he would be a solid fit. Do you have any concerns that he's 21? I know GMs look at that and kind of have a problem with it. See, I, I feel like age is just a number. I'm, I say that I'm also getting older and like I'm approaching 30, so it's easy for me to say now, but like, <laughs> but I really do think like, you know, the difference between a 21 and 22 year old, 21 and 20 year old, eh, it's not that much different. Um, I kind of value the experiences more. Like Tari Eason was hidden for a year at Cincinnati doing nothing. And I, I think the explosion, I, I think it's all contextual. So personally, I'm not worried about the age. All right. All right. So we're going to transition to the Big Ten. There's a couple of guards there that the Wizards could possibly get at pick 10 or 9. But before we do get to that, this episode is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments and league reviews and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs. 
esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so, but tonight, yeah, I know you're going to the Jazz-Mavs game, so if you're betting on that one, it's a tough one. It is in Dallas. And Luca, I think the only reason why they really lost is it's hard for a star player to come back from being out so long. But, you know, if I had to pick tonight, I, I unfortunately, I probably have the Mads win tonight. Hey, I appreciate that. I, <laughs> I appreciate that. I, I too have the Mads winning, but you're a little bit more objective than me. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> All right. So, transitioning to the Big Ten, um, there's a guy from Ohio State which hasn't gotten a lot of buzz, but I feel like he's starting to get some more buzz from the national media and the national spotlight is uh, Malachi Branham. Um, I, I know he went to St. Vincent, St. Mary, where LeBron James went to high school as well. So there's some pedigree there. Um, I thought he was very athletic, and the Wizards need an athletic guard. What were your what were some pros from his season and some cons from Malachi? Yeah, his his ability and confidence in ta- attacking the basket are, are really special. Um, I think you can kind of see that in the middle of the season, that growth. One thing I want to point out is if you look at his first month of the season, uh, that was basically November, and they really didn't – I don't know if – I can't remember if he got hurt or what, but uh, he didn't play much in December. In nine games, he only averaged six points a game on 38 or 39% shooting. The second conference play started and the calendar turned. I mean, he was on fire. He was averaging 17 points a game on 53%, 43% from three, uh, low turnovers, getting his teammates involved. I like that a lot. And then on top of that, you know, he's a really good defender. I think you're going to find his ability to recover from getting screened out of plays. He's never fully out of the play, which is a very special skill in today's NBA, especially for guards, because we see young guards struggling in pick and roll defensively. They're always among the worst players in pick and roll points per possession defensively. You don't really have to worry about that with Brandon. Yeah, the Wizards, they need a defensive guy. They need a guy who can go out there and guard, and they, they need some more aggressive guys on the team and more athletes. I thought he was – his athleticism definitely stood out to me and how aggressive he was and, how he, like you said, how he, he was able to fill it up. Um, do you see him being a point guard or a shooting, or is he more of a combo guard in the NBA? I think he's probably the truest example of a combo guard. He can really do both um, at, a, at a pretty decent level. I don't know if I want him to be running the offense because I, I just don't know how sophisticated of a playmaker he is. I like having those high-end playmakers as my point guard, but he also is trusted enough where he's not going to make a bad decision. Right. Yeah, and then if you had a comparison, because I see how Io DeSumo, another Big Ten guy, came in and played pretty well. Another athletic guard who is somewhat of a combo guard. Do you think that's a fair comparison of who – would you look to compare Malachi to? Yeah, I, I struggle to actually get a comparison on Malachi. It's one of the harder ones, I feel like, because of his play style, his length, all that stuff. Uh, but Io is a very strong one. The only difference I really see is the pull-up shooting, I think, is smoother right. Malachi, but that's just nitpicking at that point. Mm-hmm. Oh, huh. And then another Big Ten guy that's – I mean, I'm not going to bring up Jaden Ivey because, you know, I don't – 
being optimistic, hopefully we can jump to the top four. I feel like Jaden is – I personally, I think he's the best player in the draft, just pound for pound. I just think he has the least bust potential out of the guys, out of the top four, you know, Paolo, Chad, and Jabari. Um, but Keegan Murray, how far do you think he – do you think there's a possibility he would fall to maybe nine? And how do you feel about his skill set transitioning to the, uh, to the NBA? Yeah, I don't think he gets past nine. Nine is probably the lowest he goes on the draft. That was my projected draft range for my scouting report. No earlier than five, no later than nine. Like he's secured in that window. There's a really interesting stat, and I, I wish I had remembered the exact number, but I know he recorded more – he had more games with a block than Walker Kessler did, who was the leading shot blocker in the country, or at least in the draft. He was like top three, yeah. which is really impressive. Sure, it's like one a game, but – he's incredible on defense he doesn't turn the ball over at all despite having the ball in his hands all the time we saw that in cam thomas i think things like that matter uh, obviously not the same player but can create offense can defend can pass the big thing for him in terms of going from good player because i have no doubts about him translating up and from a good player to a great player though is if he can be a great spot up shooter he's going to be a, a really high look. like i think you're getting a top five player in the draft Right, yeah, I think he's a great college player. I think the only knock on him or that I've seen from scouts is, you know, can his game really translate? Is he just more of a post-up player who's overpowering smaller guys? Do you see any troubles with that translation? Do you see him as a four or a three in the NBA? Yeah, he's like one of the true guys where it's like a tweener label almost hurts him. We almost see that having turned to versatile, but that's just not really the case with him now. Um, I I don't worry about the post-ups and things like that translating up like I think he'll be fine because if you think about when a lot of post-ups happen it feels like or in transition when they get the mismatches when the big is running and a guard is back those are good post-ups like it's not a bad thing and I think that's when you're going to see him do it the most especially because all a lot of his offense came in transition I do worry though because Iowa ran an entire system for him and I worry about guys like that right and then out of Wisconsin lastly Johnny Davis um He's just an elite scorer from what I saw. I mean, he can really fill it up. What do you think about Johnny and where do you see him fitting on the Wizards? He most likely would come off the bench for Bradley Bill. Yeah, I, you know, I, I have no idea what to make of Johnny Davis because I can get his pros and cons right. Everything else, I don't know where to go with him because his ability to shoot off the dribble is really, really strong. I think he has an advanced post jump shot, uh, that turnaround jumper. He's on, honestly, all of his skill in the post is really strong. He's good with both hands. His form is clean. On defense, he plays the passing lanes well. He's a good cutter. He's a pretty good athlete and has a really high motor. My question is, is can he get his shot off in the NBA? Because and if, you look, if you watch, he had like three games, I think, with single-digit scoring. The worst one of, of them all was Penn State. And they're not even that good of, of a defensive team, and they would not let him get his shot off. So things like that do kind of worry me. Uh, when you're not able to get it off against Penn State, but there's like 28 other games of sample size where he got his shot off. So I don't know what to make of that. But if you're looking for a backup wing, I think in the NBA he'll be just fine. Right, and who would you compare him to? I know when I, when I see him, he kind of reminds me of De – I'm not saying that he's as good as Devin Booker, but there are some games where he did you know, put up Devin Booker, Kentucky-type numbers where he was just filling it up and scoring at will. Yeah, I don't I – don't, know what his actual comparison is but the play style is 100 devin booker like he plays exactly like devin booker the same way 
Um, Jaden Ivey almost plays like John Morant to some extent. Like mm. the play style comparison is very spot on with Devin Booker. That's who I use in terms of like if you're trying to describe what his game looks like, it looks like Devin Booker, but like a poor man's Devin Booker. Mm-hmm. And then he was a solid rebounder in college too. How did you see him defensively? Yeah, I, I like him on defense. The motor does wonders for him. I think he's also the good athlete and he can just turn his hips really quick. He's he's able just to recover well. And I think he's going to hold up at least average in the NBA on that end. Definitely. Yeah. So I just want to thank you for coming on on this one. Our next episode, we're going to talk about some of the ACC guys and um, some of the Big 12 guys. But Mavs, I just want to thank you for coming on. Is there anything that you want to plug? Not everything. Uh, everything I post will just go through my Twitter at Mavs Draft. It'll be scouting reports, big boards, mock drafts, all that stuff, and then Locked On NBA Big Board on uh, on every Tuesday. Yeah, just want to thank you guys for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On NBA, from the first jump ball of the playing tournament to the last possession of the finals. Locked On experts take you deep inside the playoffs with insight analysis affecting all thirty teams. Thank you guys for listening. Hell to the Wizards. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.